as I begin this morning, I wanted to share with you uh, a little bit of the background on Memorial Day, Veterans Day, and Independence Day. Because sometimes we get it a little bit mixed up, what each represents. But few really know kind of the difference, and I just wanted to share it for a moment. Memorial Day originated during the Civil War era. First, it was called Declaration Day. This day was set aside for veterans and families and civilians to decorate the graves of soldiers and servicemen they wished to honor and remember. It was believed to be established around 1868, and it was first suggested by a veteran fraternity called the Grand Army of the Republic, known as GAR. And historical accounts state that GAR wanted a nationally observed holiday for veterans to attend ceremonies and remembrance services without losing a day's wage. So in 1968, the National Holiday Act touched a broad list of celebrated days and it was prompted national holiday observance to be on a Monday. This is when Decoration Day then became Memorial Day. To give more credibility to the holiday, then Congress deemed that Memorial Day would be set aside for all war veterans who had died, not only those from the Civil War. This distinction took a couple of years, therefore Memorial Day didn't really become official until 1971. Today we celebrate Memorial Day by visiting grave sites, attending parades, memorials in honor of the military that lost their life. Independence Day is not far behind and that's falling on the heels of this day, Memorial Day. And it's a commonly associated with the military due to the military guns and cannons that are often fired on Independence Day. The shots often heard are gun salutes to represent the original 13 founding colonies. Independence Day is the day the 13 colonies declared independence, as you know, from Great Britain. And more importantly, July 4th, 1776 is the day the Declaration of Independence was signed. Much like Memorial Day, Independence Day had a slow start. Many speculated that the deaths of Thomas Jefferson and John Adams on July 4th, 1826 sparked it to be a more, a more of an important day in the history of the United States. It took nearly another 80, no, excuse me, 50 years. So in 1870, the holiday was officially recognized then by the Congress. And today the holiday is celebrated, as you know, with picnics, fireworks, parades, and the American flag, and a lot of family time. And then there's one more, Veterans Day, and it's like Memorial Day. It also honors war veterans. However, the difference between the two is that the Veterans Day celebrates all veterans, living or dead. Memorial Day is reserved to honor and pay respect to the lives that have been lost. But Veterans Day is to celebrate all those that are served or have continued to serve. So why do we celebrate Veterans Day? Unlike Memorial Day and Independence Day, Veterans Day is relatively a new holiday. 
Originally, it was Truce Day, they called it. This day got its name under the conclusion of World War I. And then following other wars, Congress was pressured by a group of veterans to then create Veterans Day. And in 1954, they passed a law proclaiming it a public holiday. And there were a few date changes along the way, as we have seen. November 11th is still the date we honor American veterans for their patriotism, love of the country, and their willingness to serve. Friends, it's because of those that served and continue to serve today that we have this amazing privilege to worship and praise the name of Jesus in the manner in which we feel God is leading us. So for just a moment this morning, I felt it was so appropriate that we just bow our heads and we give thanks for those that we know that have served over these years and gave us this amazing freedom. So let us just go to silent prayer for just a moment. Father God, you have heard the hearts of your people this morning as they've lifted to you many names of those that have sacrificed so that not only could we have the freedom to be here this morning and worship in these pews, but also receive seed after seed of your love and serving heart through them. It's because of their time, their sacrifice and love shown by their actions and deeds we've been able to grow in our faith and see a greater understanding of your grace, mercy, and love. May we never forget not only their sacrifice for each of us, but the ultimate, your journey from the cradle to the cross. Help us to reflect that same love, serving heart and sacrifice as we carry on the amazing legacy of you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Last weekend, I had the privilege to attend the, um, the show, David, at Sight and Sound. I love Sight and Sound. And I love his story, a man speaking the heart of God and all he did and all he said. We all know he was not without fault and sin through that journey much like each of us. Yet throughout his life, he continued to seek the heart of God, his forgiveness, and proclaim the Lord. For those who have never gone to Sight and Sound, you need to put it on your bucket list. It's amazing. No matter which one I've gone to over the years, I have been left just in awe how they present it, how they bring the Bible to life, and when I left, it just gave me that eagerness to open the word and to read the story of David again and to look at that again, because it's an amazing story. And I have seen many sight and sound productions over the years, and I would always say that one was better than the last, right? But um, I have to believe the ending of David was the best sight and sound has ever done. It left me in awe. It was not what you expected, and it was just, just
just magnificent. And I will not tell you how it ends. But it was really, really good. But it left me asking the question over and over again. Do I live a life as a woman after God's own heart? Do I do that? Am I more concerned about touching the world with his love, his joy, his peace? And am I caught up, except the other way, by the world? Am I caught up in what the world is demanding, or am I seeking a heart after him? Am I caught up in my successes, my financial wealth, my power, or my own desires? Or am I really a woman of God looking after God's heart and seeking his heart? Which brought me to the question today for each of us. So we look at Memorial Day and we look at the legacy of many. What is God's legacy in us? What is it? If I were to meet you on the street, what would I see as God's legacy? If someone met me, what would they see as God's legacy in me? So this morning I chose to share with you scripture from 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 8. Now I want you to listen to the words with an open heart and mind and reflect on the legacy of God and how God has given you also a legacy. And look at the world that we live in today. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to its appearing, his appearing. Amen. I looked at those words over and over this week, and I thought, wow, they could have been written for today, right? They could have been written for today. Paul wrote them many, many years ago. He wrote, people will not put up with the sound doctrine, will follow their own desires, will say and do what they wish to say and do. They will turn their ears away from the truth. They will turn to myths, and the list goes on and on. Yet what did the word say? We're called to preach the word. 
And the best way, friends, is through example. We're called to be prepared, to be patient, to encourage, to correct. Yes, even sometimes rebuke. And follow careful instructions through the word. It says we will endure hardships, and each of us in this room have in one way or another. And we're called to evangelize. Now, we all know that Paul followed the Lord, yet we also know that was not always the case with his life. For he was Saul, if you recall, and it wasn't until his conversion on the road of Damascus that he was able to then meet Jesus. But he was a sinner. He continued to be a sinner. But he changed from Saul to Paul to go into this world and make a difference. But it says he's, he's gone a good race, right? He's followed a good race. We're still in the race. We're still on the path. Sometimes we feel like that. We're trying to get 36 hours into 24. So we're still kind of going through that. We're still fighting. But yet, God has called us to be his legacy here on earth, to use our hands and feet to go into this world. If I met you for the first time, better yet, if you met me for the first time, would you be able to say that you see the legacy of Jesus through me? And if so, how? If so, how? Years ago, as I worked with Pastor Herb Dorfman, he created this simple one-page folded booklet, and it was called Our Legacy. I remember it. I still have copies of it now. And its purpose was for each of us to take this booklet and fill it out and to write down those things that we wanted to be remembered for or we wanted a loved one to remember when the day came for Jesus to call us. Now, I have to tell you, as a pastor, to receive one of those booklets when you're going to do a service of celebration for a loved one is a gift from God because in it tells you about them. In it, we wrote about our favorite hymns, our favorite scriptures, what really meant the most to us in life, and things that we wanted to be remembered for. It was a wonderful, wonderful tool. I still have mine done. It's in my safe. Hopefully someday we'll, somebody will use it. It'll help them. But every time I would go look at that booklet over and over through the years, I have used it to not only look at what I hope is my legacy, but to start to look also at how to maybe change it, how to make it a little bit closer to what God wanted me to be. And I look at sometimes the songs I chose 20 years, and now what I choose is so different. But I'm hoping that his love just continues to shine through, and that through that booklet I'm able to keep asking that same question, do I have that heart of God? Am I really going through life being able to be his witness in just how I act or what I do? Now, this sermon that I chose could take three or four sermons because it could go on and on, but I had to kind of condense it 
And that's not always easy for a pastor because we tend to talk a lot. But I wanted to make it easy for you to look at what possibly your legacy should include. And so as a youth pastor for all my life, I use the word legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y. And so I thought about if I am a, a woman of God, what is it that I hope would I pass down to others so that they could see my Jesus? The first is the L. And probably you're thinking you know what that is, and it's probably true. It's love. It's unconditional love. It's not just love when I choose to love. Throughout the New Testament, we can see the true meaning of unconditional love expressed by Jesus. Jesus included the word all, A-L-L, not just I'll love this one because I feel like it, I'll love this one because I'm here at the moment, or I don't really like that person, but, you know, he used love as all, unconditional love. He talked about all God's children, not just who we chose. And so, as part of our legacy, the question is, would others say, if they met us on the street, that we have unconditional love for all. The E is for eternal, heaven-bound. You will find me saying sometimes, well, this is not heaven. I say that often when something goes on well, you know we're not in heaven. And oh, how true that is. Friends, when we go to see Jesus, we won't need to pack anything. I don't know if you know that, but we won't need to pack anything. When it's time, it's time to go. He's going to call us at the day and time he's chosen, whether you like it or not or I like it or not. He's going to call us. But yet I wonder if when you look around your homes, you tend to store a lot of riches like I do. He's not looking for you to bring all that with him. He's looking just for you. I look at my, my house, and it's filled with memories. But it's mostly from people that have given them to me. Um, I try to give them away as I'm getting older because I'm thinking that's nice to just pass them along along the journey, what they call that re-gift. But, um, you know, we tend to kind of store things that are not eternal. We treasure sometimes. Sometimes we hoard things. We don't mean to, but we tend to hoard things too. But he wants us instead to build relationships. He doesn't want us to collect things. He wants us to be able to build relationships each day with him, and he wants us to allow others to see through us his encouragement, his kindness, his patience, his truth. And um, those are the gifts he wants us to treasure here on earth his joy, his hope, and above all, his peace. Would others say that we share eternal gifts with those in need? That's a question for us. The third is the G, goals. If you know me by now, you know I tend to be a little bit OCD. I set goals, and I usually try to accomplish them one by one. Kind of a little crazy like that, you know. 
although that can be good as we push forward, because we have to keep pushing, and it gives us the adrenaline sometimes we need to keep going, it can be challenging at times, and it sometimes can keep us from building relationships with Jesus and others, because we're so set on these goals that we tend to forget about the needs of others around us. Daily, I have found through the pandemic, God has turned this Martha into a Mary a little. I love it. So I'm now a Mary too. I'm so thankful. So our goal should be to spend more time with Jesus. We should be stopping to chat with him along the way. When something's going wrong, stop right what you're doing and talk to Jesus for a minute, and you'll sense that peace. We should spend some time in study, whether it's alone or with groups. I loved when we did the groups online. We should be able to encourage others to do the same in our journey. If we become less concerned about the goals of this world and more about the goals of being more like Jesus, we can carry on his legacy. We can carry on his legacy in our life question for me and you is have we taken time to listen and to listen for his wisdom and guidance and are our goals in line with the goals of Jesus a question as we look at our legacy the A is my favorite actions promises 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 I was taught from young that it was important not to make promises or commitments that you were not sincerely going to try to make. My parents did the same. There's times that things change. We all know that. We have to be flexible when things don't happen sometimes. But I was taught that in life, that our actions speak far greater than our words. My father always said that. He used to say to me, I know I don't hug you as much, but my actions speak greater in that what I do for you my dad was not one to hug as much but he would do anything for us or die for us and I know that and so actions do speak in fact if you're walking with your mask on and you're walking down the street and you smile at somebody guess what they can see your smile through your eyes I don't know if you've seen that but we had to learn to live like that but I can see if you like me by the way you look at me she's smiling right now and her eyes have changed because she's smiling. And it's really true. Masks and all. We, it can change the day of a person just by somebody smiling at them because you don't know what they're journeying with. So our actions do make a difference. And think about Jesus. He walked through our world just three years. And look at what he did with an outstretched hand and the willingness to go an extra mile, even when he was tired or weary, and he was that. Can you imagine everybody pulling on him, wanting something from Jesus? Kind of like the mother with the kids all around pulling and saying, you know, help me, help me. And you know, we, we never know what's going on behind closed doors, do we? So how true it is that our outstretched hand, our words of kindness, our small deeds, can allow Christ to work through us. But we never know that perhaps that little seed that we planted years ago starts to bloom years later. 
So are we going the extra mile for him? The C is confession, forgiveness. So important in our world. I'm reminded of a story where a young man continued to make small mistakes, one by one, almost every day. As he made that mistake, another small stone was placed in his backpack that he was carrying. So every mistake he made, it was a stone put into his backpack. And he carried that daily. Over time, that backpack became so, so heavy, as you can imagine, if we were putting our mistakes into a backpack, that it affected the way he walked, the way he talked, it created so many obstacles for him that he could no longer travel or even do what he was meant to do. But it was there as he sat and no longer even had the energy to go any further. He met a man who would eventually turn out to be a savior to him. One by one, as he took out each stone, this man encouraged him to in confront that stone and that mistake and then seek forgiveness and then that man put those stones into his backpack instead as the man's backpack became lighter and lighter it was there that he discovered the peace he felt light joy from forgiveness and from confession and because of this mother man, the Savior, he was able to get up and continue his journey knowing that should his backpack become heavy again, all he had to do was seek forgiveness from the Savior and he could continue on his way. We just celebrated Easter last month, didn't we? And it was there we met that Savior once again the one who has taken all of our mistakes, all of our sins, all of our stones that we've been carrying and took them on himself. It was there we met that father who promised to carry them for us no matter what, every day. As we go forward looking to be and looking to have the heart of God, are we carrying and we are we carrying too much that we haven't sought forgiveness? Perhaps it's time for us to let it go. But even better let yet to let it go on others too. Forgive them. It says as scripture says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I was away last weekend with someone who's gone through a really difficult time. And we were talking about forgiveness. And she's struggling with doing that. But she said, you know, Jane, I've got to forgive. I've got to let this go so that I can walk and I can be his example once again. I have to give it to Jesus. And friends, that's what we have to do. We have to give it to Jesus, and we have to also forgive others. Be able to sense that peace, but also be his legacy. And the last one, legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y, 
I close with the last letter, which is a Y. And I use it differently. Why carry on God's legacy? The greatest gift we've been given on earth is to be called a child of God. That's the greatest gift we've been given. And to be the hands and the feet of the Lord on earth. That's probably the greatest purpose we have. There's no greater gift and honor than to allow Christ to work in us, through us, all the time. For there you'll see the unconditional love. There you'll see the path to eternity. There you'll find true relationships with Jesus and others. Christ will definitely come alive through your actions and deeds. And the peace and joy that comes through forgiveness will be given to you. Above all, on this Memorial Day weekend and each day, we were reminded of the greatest gift, which is sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. It began from above when our Savior came to earth and took that long journey from the cradle to the cross. We have seen it through the men and women who have sacrificed their life for our freedom. We see it daily through family and friends placing others before themselves. And it's the greatest gift and legacy we can carry on each day of our life for one another. The why represents always placing you before myself. You before myself. In a world that's filled with uncertainty, sadness, its own beliefs and doctrines, sadly hatred and jealousy and fear, May we, the children of God, choose each day to go forward carrying his legacy. His love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace to all we meet along the way. As the Gaither vocal band sings over and over, I love the old time gospel singing. It says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. May you and I carry on his leg legacy today and always. Amen.